Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Has there ever been a time in your walk with the Lord that you knew that you were in the will of God? Absolutely, you knew that. You felt that strong. And you knew that you were walking in faith and you knew that you were walking in obedience to his will and yet you found your life in the midst of a great storm. I want to see the hands of anybody that felt that way. You, you, you felt your life in a great storm. Huge amount of people in this room say that today. You've You've been there. You knew. You thought you were in the will of God. You felt it. You, you were secure in that, but you were in a great, great storm. For a few minutes here today, I'm just going to get on the ship today, and you knew it was going to happen. <clears throat> Why would you leave this here and not ever get to preach from it? But you got to get on board, and it's exactly what Paul did. For two weeks, Paul got on a, can y'all see me up here? Because dear Lord, I can see y'all. For two weeks, Paul has been aboard this large ship on the way to Rome. And Paul was sailing, hear this closely, he was sailing in God's perfect will. The timing of God was perfect. Man, I can finally see everybody in the back. I've got me a new podium. Yet we see that Paul was sailing, and this is a unique thing. He's in the will of God. The timing of God is going great, but he's sailing not as a missionary on a great missionary journey with this great declaration and everything's going right. Great. He's not on a pleasure cruise standing at the front of the ship like the Titanic. He's not in this moment in his life. In fact, he is a prisoner, and he's in shackles, and he's on his way to a Roman prison to meet, to wait to meet on the great emperor of that day to try to prove his innocence. But along the way, he runs into a fierce storm. The Bible talks about in Acts chapter 27, it's a fierce storm. And the best way I can put that storm to you is like a cyclone or a, a hurricane. But it was a huge wind. But it, but it went, the winds continued to go. The storm continued to move. For a couple weeks they were in this storm. And it was a disastrous situation. And... And the massive waves will not let up. And the winds and the waves toss their ship like a cork on the ocean. And they are just in the middle of no man's land. And they feel like they've been forgotten and left alone. But Paul knows I'm in God's
God's will and I've got God's timing, but there's a storm. It's kind of like the testimony that just went forth. I, I know I love God. I, I know I believe in God. I know Renee cares about God. I know she's raising a godly family. But in the middle of all of it, she's in a storm. I'd like to ask you a question. How many of you have ever boarded the ship called Hardship? Can I get a witness? That's what today's message is called. It's called Hardship. When we board the ship called Hardship, we always think we're out of the will of God. And I heard it so much in that testimony that was just because we start in this wrestling match that something must be wrong because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be going through this storm unless something, something's messed up, something's wrong. And, 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 and we actually find ourselves that there is nothing wrong. It's just a storm. And we're in the middle of God's will in this storm, but is it a storm? And storms come on the righteous, and they come on the unrighteous. Storms come on people in the church, and they come on people that know nothing about God. It just happens. Somebody say, storms happen. It just happens. The day I went with Renee on this last time a couple years ago, as she had uh, the gamma ray knife used on her, and we, I think it was Methodist, and I, I, she wasn't the only one there that day. There was loads of people, and some of them didn't know God because, because storms happen to everybody. Can I get a witness? Storms just happen. And I want to need to tell somebody today that God loves you and you are in the will of God and, and he cares for you and the timing of God is perfect. But I also need to tell you this, that God didn't create the storm, but he sure controls the wind to guide you to the place that he needs to guide you. And for a wooden ship to be caught in a storm in that day and time, was a disaster. The hurricane force was against it, and so they tried to do something. They, they, and, and we read about this in the Bible. They took ropes, and, and they did something that they had engineered in that time to try to save their wooden boats in the time, and they would take the, the ropes and put it over the front of the bow of the ship and bring it back towards the middle of the ship up under the ship, and they would tie it off and winch it off, and they would do this down through the ship to try to save the boards on the ship from being busted apart and torn apart in the middle of the storm. But day after day, the violent storm continued. And everyone on the ship became so exhausted after day after day after day, and they were seasick, and they were tired, and they were hungry, and they were thirsty, and they were needing some help, and the storm just kept on coming. Paul is the only one that we get in Scripture that, uh, that was the saved one on the ship. He was the only believer on the ship, and he was in shackles. And, and they're trying to figure out, what are we going to do? we got to save ourselves. This thing's going down, and we've already tried the rope trick and it's not working and things are starting to bust off the ship and the next thing we got we got to try some more stuff and so they took and they began to throw the tackle overboard they started throwing the tackle overboard and they get that out and they and then they they go over and they, they that didn't that didn't help them and so they started throwing cargo overboard oh lord help us good move 
They threw the cargo overboard, and, and they did that, and it still wasn't enough. And then finally, the last option they, they got involved with is, is they threw the grain overboard. They had a lot of grain, and it was, it was, it was what they were going to eat on later on, but they threw that overboard. We had to lighten this ship the best that we possibly could, but it still, it raged on for another, <clears throat> another week after that. And they were fighting and they were struggling. And, and they, they did everything they knew to do. And so the last option is they said, we've got to abandon ship. We've got to get off the ship. And so they start looking overboard and, and this great storm. And, and they're about to start jumping overboard. And, 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 and God gives Paul. Paul is on that ship and Paul receives a word from God. And I'm going to read it to you today. In, this, in Acts chapter 27 and verse 31, and oh, does it have strong implications for us today. Paul said to the centurion, that's the guard that's, that's got him shackled and watching over him. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Ex- listen to this, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. I want to say this. That sometimes in the middle of a fearful storm, when you're going through, the first thing that you want to do is leave the safety of the church. You want to find something to blame it on. You say, if I can fix this, I can do it. Well, maybe it's the church's problem. Maybe it's this, maybe that. Maybe something's going on here and I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the church because it's the first thought we do think is is I'm going to abandon ship. I've I've done everything else I know to do. And the next step for me to do is just to abandon ship. And I've watched so many people in ministry and life and trying to get people from the, 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 the birth uh, the time of their birth to the time of their death as a pastor trying to walk them through life. I watch people go through storms. We just go through storms. And I watch us at times and seasons and there's people that are not here today that used to be here that abandoned ship in the middle of their storm. But I want to give you a word today to tell you if you're going through a storm, you need to abide in the ship you got to stay on board of the ship. It is imperative to you. Somebody said amen. And let me tell you this. This is a key factor. The storm's not going to stop because you leave the ship. And that's what the devil starts telling you, that if I abandon ship, it's going to stop. But it's a trick of the enemy because the troubled waters will drown you outside of the ship. You've got to stay on the ship because there's life groups around you. There's pastoral help around you. There's love of God, uh, people around you that will pick you up and help you and say, we're in this together. We've got to have deliverance, but you've got to stay on the ship. Turn around and turn around and tell somebody today, say, you've got to abandon in the ship he said except you abide in the ship you cannot be saved and it's a strong warning it's a strong warning to stay in the church hardships will make you think it's safer out than in but just remember abide in the ship I feel like I need to tell somebody that today abide in the ship Maybe I'm telling you to tell somebody else, don't give up now. I know you're going through it. I know struggles against you, but don't give up 
now. I know you got a health thing going on. Don't give up now. Come on, your benefits are kicking in. You don't leave your job. Hey, y'all. You don't leave your job about the time you get sick and go in the hospital and say, I want to leave my job. No, you say, I've been working for this. I've got health insurance through my job. And now I'm, I'm, I'm standing, I've been healthy for 20 years, but now I'm going through a tough time. I'm not going to quit now. I need you to step in and support me. I need my benefits to kick in. Sometimes in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the trouble, don't leave what got you to this place. Don't leave where you've been riding for years. Stay on board the ship. It's time for God to kick in his benefits and be a strength to you in the middle of the storm. I said this, but God did not create the storm. The enemy wants to destroy you. And the enemy wanted to destroy Paul. You know that's what the storm was about. He wanted to destroy Paul. But God came in because he works all things together for the good. He didn't create the storm, but he allowed God to begin to work the process to take and use the wind, what meant to be evil against Paul, and use it for the good to help bring the destiny and purpose into Paul's life. Does that make sense to anybody here today? And so, and finally, they're on board and they're hanging with the ship and they're doing, they're doing what Paul asked them to do. And, and even though he's locked in chains, they, they're listening, they know he's a man of God and we got to abide with it. We're going to stay with the ship. And so they're spared because if they would have started jumping out, they would have drowned. They would have lost their life. They stay with the ship. And then all of a sudden, they hear the piercing cry that comes from the front of the ship. As someone hollers out, breakers ahead. Breakers ahead. We're about to hit. Everybody brace. Everybody brace. And the next sound they hear is the horrible crunching sound at the bottom of the ship as it begins to hit the reef as it's coming into land. And then they hear the sound of the wood breaking and the ship begins to bust into pieces. God, you brought us this far. Now what's the next step? I stayed with the ship and you got us past being drowned in the open waters, but now what? And they, they begin to grab anything they could. They began to grab, grab uh, what, what do you call these things? N- noodles. These were invented during Paul's time. That's not true. But they grab things, and it's the only thing that seemed to come off on this boat. So I, I grab it. And they grab pieces, and they grab floaties, <laughs> and, and they grab noodles, and they grab broken pieces of wood, and they jumped off into the water as the ship busted into a thousand pieces. And the rest, the Bible says, Acts 27, 44, listen to this. And the rest, some on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship. Somebody say broken pieces. And it came to pass that they escaped safely, all safe to land. But they did it on boards. They did it on broken pieces. And they're floating and they're 
they're wondering, are we going to make it? Uh, Paul's got him a piece of lumber and, and, and the centurion, now it's all equal ground because we're just trying to save ourselves. We're just trying to get out of here alive. Nobody's worried about Rome right now. Nobody's worried about anything else. Just grab hold of something broken. Grab hold of something that you grab, got a hold of during the storm and the trial and grab hold of part of the gospel ship that you were been anchored into up to this time and just hang on. Can I just tell you something today? And I preach to you with a burden in my heart today to tell you something today. Grab something from your hard ship that you can float on and then swim. Sometimes when you're in the middle of a storm, you just got to grab something from what you've been through and pull it off. And I heard that today, Renee. As you share your testimony, I hear you grabbing hold of a hardship that you thought was the toughest time in your life, and it was, but you got a hold of the piece of the brokenness. And we are today clinging to some of the things that she's got a hold of to help bring you and I through. We've got to make it and we're going to make it and I got broken pieces I've got hardships around me I got everybody floating in and I gotta tell you the next thing I gotta do is I gotta swim like nobody knows I gotta, I gotta, I gotta swim. I gotta do my part in the journey. I gotta get and hold on and get to where I need to. It may seem like it's over your head at times, but you gotta swim. You've gotta swim on. You've gotta hold on to the broken pieces and you gotta swim on. You may get weak and you're weary in the middle of the swim, but you got to swim on. You may be discouraged even here today because of the storm, but you've got to hold on to the broken pieces and keep on swimming. Grasp a hold of the brokenness and don't quit because you are going to make it through to the other side, but you've got to hold on. You've got to hold on. Turn around and tell somebody, you've got to hold on. Tell them this, say, you've got to make it through. Say this, you're going to make it. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You're going to make it. Because he always provides a way of escape. You're going to make it. But let me tell you something. I need you for just a minute. Because of your faith, I don't want you to focus on the storm. I don't want you to do it, but I want you to look over the storm because you're swimming to somewhere that has purpose to it, that has destiny, that right now when the winds are hitting you and the issues are coming against you, you cannot possibly understand why there's any purpose in it. But if you will stay and hold on and swim and grab hold of the broken pieces around you and make it to the island, God has got purpose ahead of you. Just don't quit. Now, I'm not talking about denying the storm. I'm not talking about acting like nothing's there. We got common sense. You and I know we go through tough times. We know we go through trials. And I like to say that we're all just Christians and we're like, oh, this is easy. That's called lying. It's not easy. There was nothing easy about this journey. There was nothing easy. It didn't say that they had life rafts. It said they grabbed hold of broken pieces. 
And I just feel in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody this today, that all you got left is broken pieces. And then when you came to Parkway, you walked in this store for the first time, maybe it was five years ago, but you walked in here with broken pieces. It might have been broken pieces of, of past religion struggles. It might have been broken pieces of bitterness in your life from things going on in your life. It might have been broken pieces that you were raised in a house that you never even heard about Jesus. But somehow, some way, you found enough faith to get you into the house. And you're standing here maybe today or maybe it was five years ago. For the Kellums, it was just a few months back. But they floated in this place holding on to the broken pieces of their life. <laughs> Woo! Holding on to the broken pieces of their life. I'm not talking about denying the storm, but I'm talking about looking ahead and seeing that victory lies just ahead because the storm does not have power over you because destiny and purpose is still lying in you and you are not going down right now. You do your part. You swim. You hold on the broken pieces, but it's not over. Come on. I hate to be, I know this is not politically correct, but the fat lady hadn't sung yet. It's not over. And you also got to say, the skinny lady hadn't sung yet either to be politically correct, to make everybody feel apart. But I'm going to tell you, it is not over. You've got to hold on. You've got to make it. Hardships have been tough. Come on, raise your hand as hardships walk you through some stuff. But I got to tell you, hold on to the broken pieces. Don't let go of your faith. By faith, we see the victory. By faith, we see the sick healed. By faith, we see the lost saved. By faith, we see our families saved. Look over the storm and keep swimming on. God's prepared an island. He's got you here for such a time as this. Come on, you've got to make it. You've got to make it. I was in, I was in a class this week and uh, we're a gentleman and I don't have time to, maybe I can teach you and talk to you about it later on, but he began to walk us through the signs of the time. And I don't mean scary stuff about heads chopping off and like we've heard on Fox News this week even, that's very real about the chip in your hand. Man, that's a, I watched this on Tucker Carlson this week. Stuff that we've been preaching about for eons. Stuff, and it's all coming to pass. And it's coming down, and I don't know when this end is coming. I don't know. I don't know. And you can focus on the storm in our world, and you can get fearful in the storm in the world, or you can say, wait a minute, I'm going to grab hold of the broken pieces, and I'm going to swim because God has got me in the church for such a time as this. I've got purpose. I've got destiny. Can I just tell you, we are on the eve of some of the greatest church growth in all of the world. I'm talking about every part from the end of the world. There's going to be church growth. You're going to, we're maybe all kind of troubles and trials and storms. But I will tell you this. God always provides broken pieces in the middle of the storm. And there is going to be a church. 
There's going to be a church. And so you've got to look beyond the storm and see the moment, the purpose, the destiny that God has us in. Can I just say something to you? Now is not the time to let peewee things and frivial things and goofy little hurts and goofy little hang-ups and goofy little addictions cause you to leave what God has got you in. You've got to hang on. You've got to swim. You've got to come against everything that you can. You've got to make it. You've got to make it. I've had people walk in my office and admit to some horrible sins, and they weren't coming to me as a priest to, 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 to you know, in that form, they were coming to me for help. They were, they were not coming just to, just to identify their sin. They were coming saying, Pastor, is there any hope for me? There is any hope for me. And they said, we're fighting against this sin. And I've had, I, 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 I know this is not politically correct, and they may throw my hide in prison one day over it, but I've got to just tell you, I've had sin from, from, from sin from men and women sleeping together to men and men sleeping together and women and women to sleeping together and porn and I've had it all across my desk, let me just tell you. And some would like to say those things are not sin. I'm just going to stick with the Bible if you don't mind. And I, 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 but I'm not here to make fun of those people. I'm not here to cut those people. I'm not here to hurt those people. I'm not here to tell you that, 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 that we, we don't want those people. I'm here to tell you that this is the only saving grace in the world. I need you to get secure enough in you. I need you to get secure enough in your faith that you can talk a homosexual and look them in the eye and tell them the gospel ship still loves you and believes in you and you can get on board with us. Boy, I just had something hit me. When we talk about political correctness, we always talk about it from the world's point of view. But don't you never feel that the church has political correctness. It's not politically correct for me to just say, and the church means to tell you what I just told you. There'd be people in some churches, not this one, that would walk out and not come back because I just said we've got to love homosexuals and lesbians and all that stuff. Because the church has its own, more this code of political correctness just like the world. And I gotta tell you, the same thing that'll stop the world coming and coming to the church is the same thing that'll stop the church from going to the world. We can get our political correctness and get us to a place that all we do is we never look outside of the boat. The people are drowning and they need a life rope, and somebody needs to reach them. Somebody needs to reach them. Somebody has got to reach them. Boy, I'm on. I'm. 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 I'm, 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 I'm fixing to wear it out. You ready? If you don't love black people, 
and you don't want them in our church, we're going to pray for you that God delivers you and heals you because we want you to still be in this church, but you need deliverance because you're going to be going to heaven with black people. <laughs> and if you're black, and if you're black, and you don't want to go to heaven with white people, you stuck with us. We go into heaven together. And I would say that for the Hispanic, and I would say that for the Indian man, and I would say that for the Asian man. Everybody's welcome on the ship that God has in this Iowa. Everybody's welcome. You may be seated. People say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that loving homosexuals until your daughter or son has an issue with it. And then you're wondering what's going on until your niece or your nephew has a struggle with it. And then you go, hey, where, 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 where am I going to take them? The little, the little couple that's sleeping around together. No, that's not what we want when the, the two little boyfriends and girlfriends start sleeping around. That's not what we want, God forbid, because there's baggage and there's struggle and all that stuff, and we know all that stuff. But dear God, where are they going to go if the church can't help them? If the church can't love them? If the church can't say, stand up, Cameron. If the church can't say, as I as a pastor, commissioned on behalf of God Almighty, and the church standing behind me can't look at Cameron and say, Cameron, I know you're going through trials. I know you're in a storm. I know you're going through temptation. But look, old buddy, on behalf of God and the church of the living God, here's a broken piece. You got to catch it. Here's a broken piece. You got to hold on to the broken pieces. It's all you got, but it's enough to make it. 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 Boy, Sister Goodman's going to love me today. This was a rotten piece. I got one piece of the board of the ship that was rotten. Actually... Terry, I got it from outside, so don't be nervous. <laughs> By faith, we see our family. See, I don't know how I got off all that other, but it was real good. <laughs> and you need to hear it. Because this church, can I cast a little vision to you right now? You see that wall right there? You see that wall right there? I'm aiming at those two walls. Because the gospel ship has got to get bigger because there are more hungry people in this city. We've got, what, 300,000 people, 400,000 people, I don't know, in the Golden Triangle. And I'm going to tell you, there are people hungry, looking for a church that has hope. When so many things have died, I'm going to just tell you, they're looking for a church that's got hope. And by all means, I'm not saying we're the only one that's got hope. But I am saying that we're one of them. And the church is you. It's you. And we're going to extend hope and we're going to extend love. And we extend grace. And I know, I understand, sometimes i got to swallow myself. 
I struggle. It's, 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 it's tough. It's tough to wrap your arms around somebody that's been drinking all day. It's tough to wrap your arms around somebody that was full of alcohol. Man, this just came to me, Jeff. Would you stand up? Would you stand up, Jeff? Jeff, can I use your testimony for just one second? He said, Pastor, I drink 12, 12 a day, 12 a day. Hallelujah. I, I didn't consider myself an alcoholic, but I drink 12 a day. But he said, God's doing something in me. I don't understand it, and I'm not totally out of the woods, but I got to tell you, God's doing something in me. Can I just tell you, Jeff, you're on board with us, baby. You're on board with us. I'm not better than you, and you're not better than me. Grab hold of a piece of the brokenness. We got to make it. We got to make it. I said we got to make it. And equally, you've come too late to tell me I can't be this excited about Jesus and this crazy preaching and not grow a church. You've come too late because I started off with 80-something people and we got 400 a day and there's going to be people standing in line getting this place, I believe, as the times progress because people are hungry. Some of the fastest growing churches in America are people that are preaching with passion and anointing. I'm not turning around and backing off of what I've been doing for years. I'm moving forward and telling you, I got a piece of the broken ship and if you're hungry, you'll grab hold of the ship. We got somewhere to go. <laughs> Man. Well, I got to keep preaching. It's 11:15, and I know you're getting hungry. And one person said, "Go ahead and preach, pastor." <laughs> At first light of the morning, boy, isn't this the way life works, Renee? At first light of the morning, they pull themselves wet and soggy onto a little island called Melita or Malta. They pull themselves up. Can you imagine? Got a hold of their broken pieces from their hardship. That they're tired and they're weary. Can you imagine? They've been fighting for a couple of weeks. But now we swim and we're wet and salt water's got us waterlogged. And I'm thirsty, and I'm hungry, and I'm cold. And we get to the little island, and the islanders begin to look at us. And the tribal people are gathering around, and they're not really sure about these people, but they're going to give them a chance. And Paul's trying to help on the situation, so he gets up, and he pulls himself over to a heap of wood. As they start trying to gather fire to make a fire to keep themselves warm and dry out. And it's been a tough couple weeks, but I think we're going to make it. And he reaches over and he reaches into the wood pile and pulls out a piece of wood just trying to do his job, trying to stay and help a little bit because I'm freezing half to death. And the tribal people are working together. He throws, he starts to throw his wood on the fire and from the piece of wood that he has there's a sleepy viper inside of it and when he feels the warmth 
of the fire, it wakes him up, and he swings his head and grabs hold of Paul and latches on to his arm. And he's a poisonous viper. And the tribal people read your Bible, literally step back and start watching him and wait to watch him die. There was no 911. It's you is dead. And literally, read your Bible. They backed up and started just watching him like, let's watch the swelling show here. He's fixing to go down. And because of what happened, they instantly thought that he was of the devil because, dear God, the man finally survived a shipwreck and he gets bit by a viper. This guy's full of the devil. And sometimes you can be in the middle of the will of God and people around you looking at you like, you're the devil because you're going through struggle. One time I was going through a trouble and a trial, and I had somebody that loved me look at me and said, Pastor, you must be not be paying your tithes. When I gathered myself because I wanted to take them out, <laughs> I felt like Job's friends looking around him going, my God, what would you do? And he's going, I didn't do nothing but worship God. I'm not, I'm not struggling with this or that. I'm just telling you, you know, I just, and that's where Paul at. And they backed up and go, my God, this boy's having a bad day. I don't want any part of that. He shook off the viper into the fire and stepped back. And they kept watching. And he kept living. And they went from, he's a devil to he's a God. And God in a moment can take you where everybody around you is laughing you and scolding you and making fun of you. And instantly as you're in the will of God, even though you're in the middle of the storm, they start looking and going, they may have something. They may... God may love them after all and starts turning things. And watch what happens. There's a guy by the name of, the best way I can say it, his name was Publius. And he was the chief of the tribe. And he, had, he, was, uh, uh, he was there in, his, uh, in his, his hut or his house or his, I don't imagine it's castle. And, and he's in his place of, uh, of where, he is, where his throne was. And, 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 and he hears about it on the little island that this group come in and he was bitten by and a snake and a viper and a poison and he shook him off in the fire and he lived. And he heard about him surviving the shipwreck and the storm. They knew about all this stuff. And what looked to be evil, God turned it for the good and all of a sudden Publius calls for, for Paul and the, and the other survivors to come to his house. And while he's there, Paul, he, oh, I'm hearing purpose. We're about to step into purpose. We're about to understand the enemy meant to kill me in the storm, but God directs the wind to a little island. Because what the devil meant for evil, God says, whoa, 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 whoa. I can use this for good. I got some people in Malta need to hear about Jesus. And there's a little man, Publius, uh, I think it's his father-in-law or his father. He, he, he's sick, and Paul hears about it. He says, bring him to me, and he prayed for him, and he was healed. And then they got a healing line started right on the island, and they're bringing all their sick. And Paul gets to share the gospel. He was supposed to be going to Rome to sit in a prison and write. But God says, not today, devil. Because even though it looks bad, 
even though the struggle, there's a few things I've gotten off of him. I got his chains off of him. The centurion's now trying to help him survive. And now we're on an island and revival's breaking out because there were some people in Malta that needed to hear about Jesus and they needed to hear about healing and they needed to hear about restoration. And I caused Paul to have this destiny purpose moment to step into the great things that God has for him. Can I just tell you, God's got destiny and purpose wrapped up for you and incredible things wrapped up for you. I got a few more things to say, and then I'm going to try to let you go and let you chew on this all week long. I want to just hit this real quick, and that is this. Have you ever noticed that there is a tendency to think that the circumstances is what shapes our lives? And so we start praying, God, if you would just deliver us from our circumstances and if you would deliver us from the, the, the storm, if you would just deliver us from these things, then, then life would be great. Come on now, you've prayed that prayer. Renee and her honesty was saying it this morning. We'd have a great life if we could just get the storm off, free us of the storm. But we can't choose our circumstances And there's no place free from storms because, again, storms just happen. But I ran into a thought this week that just lit me up, and i got to share it with you. It's Dr. Martin uh, Seligman says that all of us have something called an explanatory style. Stay with me here. To account for life's experiences and circumstances. We have an explanatory style, Dr. Martin says this. And then this is what he says. Listen to this, and it's on the screen for you. He says, our explanatory style is how we explain to ourselves. I think I have that clip, Megan, if you don't. Yeah. We can't control our experiences, but we can control our explanations. It's our explanatory style. And Dr. Martin says this, you're going to have circumstances, you're going to have experiences, but you can control your explanation, your explanatory style. And what that is, is saying why events happen in our life. Now, you run up to some people and they, you say, how are you doing? They say, man, I just don't know, it's not five o'clock yet. That's all I'm else, that's, I'm not asking anything else because I know their explanatory style. It's doomsday, it's trouble. I'm looking behind every pillar for the next devil. But then you ask some other people, how's it going today? And they say, man, I've walked through some tough times. It's not been the day I wanted, but I gotta tell you, God's been with me, I've, I've got my, I'm alive, I'm breathing, things are going well, moving forward. The difference in explanatory style. Now, I'm gonna try to explain it like this and, and I'm trying to help you. And I, I know it didn't seem like this seems to be a good close, but stay with me. Let's say, let's say this, and, and this is helping you to start, determine your explanatory style. because I want you to leave out here better. And so let's say you're a woman at a restaurant, and you, you're waiting for your date to get there. The man asks you on a date, and you're there. You show up on time, and you're supposed to meet at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., But 35 minutes later, he's still not there. 
your date is a no-show. Now, stay with me here. At some point, you need to explain to yourself why he is not there. And you're about to see your explanatory style. How you bring explanations to circumstances. You might think to yourself, he stood me up. And what's that going to do? That's going to cause you to be mad. And guys, if you did that, we're just praying for grace right now. And you're mad. He stood me up. You're explaining it that way. Or you might jump to the conclusion, he don't love me anymore. And you start feeling sad. Or you could think he was in an accident. And you start feeling anxious. Reaching for your cell phone, wanting to call him. You're feeling anxious. You might think, oh, he must be working overtime so that he can pay for my meal. And you start sitting there being grateful for a man who loves you that much. Or God forbid, you might think he's with another woman. And you start feeling jealous. Or you might think this gives me a perfect excuse to break up with him, causing you to feel relief. the same situation he's still 35 minutes late it's the same circumstance it's how you're explaining the circumstance to yourself and Dr. Martin says that's your explanatory style and guess what Paul had an explanatory style (laughs) come up here and get ready to play you don't even have just, just play get me some drums get me some rock get me some jazz get me some country Get me some Christian, I just need something. You ready? Here we go. Paul had an explanatory style. And when I read this this week about coming glue, it's in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. And listen to the situation. The first part of it, you're seeing what's going on in his life. He's laying it out. In other words, the 35 minutes, and they're not showed yet. You ready? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, I've been through it. <laughs> Are you with me? Shall distress. Shall persecution. Famine. Nakedness. Peril, sword, read his life, read about his life, all these things that happened to him. This is his circumstances. As it is written for thy sake, man, we're just killed all day long. Circumstances. Paul, you're Christians, I know, but listen to this. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. It's not pretty, man. Circumstances. Circumstances. 
But you're not ready for this, church. Stand with me. Would you do that? Listen to this. But listen to his explanatory style. What's about to happen? Listen to this. What's about to happen is he's about to say this. <laughs> Nay! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Woo! Hear it? Listen to this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any other creature shall what? Shall be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I got a hold of a broken peace I've been on hardship, but I got to tell you this. I got faith that I'm going to make it through to the other side. Don't you stop in the first part of that verse and go home and put your head in a box and say, I'm never going to serve God. You've got to reach out and grab hold of a broken piece and turn your explanatory style of what's going on in your life from doom and gloom and to faith in the purpose and destiny that God's got you in. You are more than conquerors. You are in the church of the living God. Church of the living God. Put your hands up if you've been on hardship this week. This week, just this week, just this week. Just put your hand up. Now I want to look at you. I want you to say something to you. Audrey, you got your hand up, and I'm not trying to embarrass you. You got your hand up. But so do other people on your street. They've been in the same storm than you do. The difference is, the difference is, and I'm not making fun of this. 53% of the people in the world have no knowledge of the Jesus you know. And so you're going through a storm and they're going through a storm. And if we're not careful, I'm just picking on Audrey, there's a lot of hands. If we're not careful, we our hand is the only hand we think is up. And we're ready to leave the ship and give up on God. When God's saying, wait a minute, you're one of the 47% that I want to use. I want to love and I want to hold on to so that the other 53% can see that I'll be with you in the middle of your storm. I'll be with you. I'll hold you. I'll carry you. I'll walk you into your purpose. I'll walk you into your destiny. Just keep holding on. So, Audrey, I chose you and picked on you here today. Here's a piece of the ship. You need to hold on to it with her there, Bubba. Hold on to it. Hey, I give you a piece of the ship. It's all I got left. It's all I got left. 
but it's enough to get you where you need to go. It's just remnants from broken things. But I got to tell you, it's a part of God's help. It's just the little pieces. But I got to tell you, God's going to get you to where you need to go. Just don't give up in the middle of the storm. Hold on in the middle of the storm. This is how we're going to end this. We're not going to come around the front. If you need special prayer, I'm happy. I'll be here. I'll pray with you. But this is what I want to do. I want the church of the living God to do its job and be the church. And I want you to right now, I want you to right now turn around. And if you're a guest, you don't have to be a part of this. We would love for you to, but if it feels weird and odd, we're not asking you to do that today. But I'm asking the church that understands what we're about to do. I want you to reach over and put your hand on somebody because your hand may be a part of the saving grace that they need in the middle of the storm. And I want you to put your hand on them. And I don't want you to pray no wimpy little prayer. I want you to pray like they're going down, they're bobbing for air, and they need help. I want you to pray over them. I don't want a 20-second prayer. I want an anointed prayer from God. Come on, lay hands on some people right now. Please, church. Please, and lay them. Begin to pray. Pray for people around you. God, I'm praying right now. People that have found themselves in hardship. They're going through tough times and tough seasons in their family. Hallelujah. God, there's purpose in their destiny and what the devil meant for evil. God's going to turn for the good. We're going to come through this. We're going to make it. We're going to stick with it. We're going to hold on. But God, give them the grace to stand and let them turn and to not be a naysayers, but the people that are looking to faith in God, that God's going to bring me through. He's got a reason for this. He's going to carry me. I am going to make it in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, don't pray. Don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Come on, pray with anointing. Pray with anointing. Let God use you. Let God use you. I know your family's going through hell, but God's got somebody around you that's already been through that. Come on, that's it. That's it. Pray over somebody. You don't know what they're, they're just bobbing. They're like a cork in the ocean. But somebody can say, hey, I'm going to pray strength over you right now. I'm going to pray healing over you right now. You're going to be saved. You're going to make it. Don't give up in the name of Jesus. Don't give up in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Keep praying. Don't give up in the name of of Jesus. Come on, the storm they've been through, they don't need a 10 second prayer. They need somebody to pray with them. Come on, the storm they've been through, they need somebody to hold on with them. Hallelujah. You've got to make it. You've got to make it. You've got to make it. Don't you give up. Come on, don't you give up. God's got a destiny for you. He's got a purpose for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now grab their hand and lift it to heaven. And I want you to rejoice in the Lord right now. Come on, we're going to make it. I know you've been snake bit. I know you've been through the trouble and the trial and the storm. But God's got a destiny. God's got healing. God's got victory. God's got salvation. God wants to do something in your life through your storm. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Somebody give the Lord a worship. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. I feel the anointing of the Lord on me so strong right now. I wish I could pray for every single one of you. There is such an anointing in this house right now. I have preached everything I've got from the bottom of my toes. And I'm trying to tell somebody that you're about to jump off way too early. You've got to abide in the ship. God's got a way for you when there seems to be no way. Come on. Come on. I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done. I'm going to ask you to be so honest with yourself, it's going to scare you. I want you to raise your hand if you can be this honest with the church and say, I have walked away from God at a season in my life. I'm not saying right now. At a season in my life, I abandoned ship, and I want to be that honest with somebody in this place today. Look at the honesty. That's what I love about Parkway. Look around me. Look, if you're thinking about quitting, there's already been people that have tried that. But if you got your hand up, I want you to say with me, this with me. Nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror. In other words, this is what they're saying. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I fell on hardships and I almost lost it all. But I found me a broken piece and I made it and I made it and I made it. I made it. And I speak, I speak to people in this room. You saw the honesty of hands go up around you. And if you're thinking about quitting, if you're thinking about walking away from God, and the religious term, I don't really know that I like it, but it's called backslidden, and you walked away from God. But can I just tell you something this? The same way you rolled out of the ship is the same way you can get back on. Reach back up, grab you a rope of safety, and let's get back on. God's got salvation for you, and you are going to make it. Ha, ha, ha. Woo!